you have to look at the whole person and encourage them to play up any kind of strength that they have. back to another episode of Leading Matters. My guest today is Michelle Holtz-Rice. Get into a more detailed description and introduction of Michelle when we get into the episode. Um, but you know, some color commentary here before we jump into it. There's this entire industry out there that's focused on on coaching and mentorship and things like that. And, and she plays a part in that role. I'm sorry, in that world. And she focuses in on uh, women entrepreneurs. And her perspective is really fresh. It's really a great take on on the impact that women have in the workplace, but also the responsibility of the workplace not to give short shift or, or um, you know, bullet point kind of uh, politically correct type of coverage to diversity, but how to truly capitalize on it to make it a value, an asset to the company. And she takes a look at it from two perspectives. One, from the organization, you know, she's had plenty of experience bringing diversity into some um, unique places such as you know, STEM education for for uh, for women, and she's also now doing it for would be entrepreneurs, solopreneurs uh, that are women that are looking to kind of build and grow their business, or as she calls it, turn their dreams into a reality. And matter of fact, she's the founder of the Women's Dream Vision Network. So it's a great interview. I think you're going to be energized by it. You're going to definitely take some things away that you could apply easily to your teams. And if you were a solopreneur or entrepreneur as well, to how you are finding your passion and connecting that pap- uh, excuse me, that passion to the purpose of what you're all about, what you're doing. So it's a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. So here's my interview with Michelle Holes-Rice, the founder of the Women's Dream Vision Network. My guest today has an extremely broad and interesting array of experience. She's raised millions for members of Congress and congressional candidates. She's worked for more than a decade in marketing communications for healthcare and higher education industries. Matter of fact, she is currently the director of communications for one of the top five college of engineering schools in the U.S. That would be the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. But most importantly, she is the founder of the Women's Dream Vision Network, where she helps new female entrepreneurs build and market their business while providing them a behind-the-scenes look into how others brought their dream to life. She regularly shares her communications knowledge and information that she's learned at conferences. She teaches and mentors multiple marketing communications and multimedia and engineering college students each year. She is Michelle Hools-Rice, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. Michelle, before we get started, I just wanted to take a time to thank you so much for joining me today on Leading Matters. Thank you, Joel. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to, to having a conversation with you. Yeah, me too, because, you know, we, we had um, traded some emails in, in preparation for this, and I want to start with one of the things we shared in the email, and that is about uh, what, what I kind of consider true, honest-to-goodness diversity. Uh, you know, I, I find it interesting what, what you're doing and how you're helping women kind of get started on the entrepreneurial road. There's so many opportunities for that today. But let's kind of look at it a little bit more broadly because I want to kind of get your take not on the the politically correct sort of diversity that's tossed around today, but but the very essence of what it means to have a, a truly diverse outlook where our professional lives are concerned. 
Yeah, I love this. And this resonated with me just an, an incredible amount because I've learned so much about this topic. Um, and like you said, not only for entrepreneurs, but in the workplace, because um, when I joined the College of Engineering, I got interested in this topic um, primarily because, as many of you know, uh, women are not as large in numbers as men when it comes to STEM education. And so our diversity conversations in the college always revolve around how can we get more women involved? How can we get more um, students from differently represented um, areas? You know, now people, when they're talking about engineering, are constantly thinking about Silicon Valley and um, the tech engineering side, but there are so many other sides to it. And I, I won't talk all about engineering today, but it did broaden my knowledge base on how to think about diversity and having a diverse set of skill skills. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's where really my interest has been shaped, and um, I'm so eager to talk to you about that. Sure. Now, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you take that approach, right, because I think the news loves to – look, they write – great clickbaiting stories for, for women in STEM, right? It's yeah. obviously an important topic, but sometimes I feel it's given short shift, right? Because one of the things that, and I would love to get your, your input on this, is that, look, men and women, for as much as we all want to be equal, we just approach things maybe a little bit slightly differently, right? So what I never see, and I'm curious if, if this is true from your perspective as well, is that it, it's almost more important to get more women in, into STEM field because they bring a different perspective, a different kind of set of experience, a different way to solve the same problem. And we all know that, especially more creative fields and, and engineering and things like that, that the more diverse, again, honest-to-goodness diversity thought that's being placed into the problem, the better the solution. I mean, would you agree with that? Am I off base? What do you think about that? I don't think you're off base at all. Um, in fact, we often talk in my team about how to even market the opportunities to women. And also, as I said um, earlier, or I tried to imply, other students from different backgrounds. So um, not those with, you know, professor parents or those that come from engineering backgrounds or tech backgrounds. So we have to, we've been noticing that we have to share um, what skill sets do make women and, and those other students interested, and it's um, how they help. How can the degree help um, make a difference in people's lives? So traditionally, women want to um, come in and get a degree and help people. So that's why you see a lot of women in education, women in social work, women in healthcare. And so transferring that to what has typically been uh, seen as, you know, the brick and mortar kind of um, subject areas mm -hmm. like mechanical science or um, civil engineering, things like that. Um, you have to turn the tables and tell the story on the impact that people can make with those yeah, backgrounds sure. on, on people's lives. So it's taking a, a traditionally represented hard science and showing the softer huh. side to it and i think that i think that we can talk more about those kind of hard skills versus soft skills when it comes to men and women um because it definitely uh 
bleeds over into more aspects than just, you know, education and getting your degree, but it will bleed over into how you become a leader, how you work sure. with teams, um, and even in entrepreneurship. Sure. Now, you know, I find this so fascinating, right? Because a big thing, you know, that that I do is, is try to help companies identify what their, their story is, what the emotional drama yes. of what they're doing and selling into the marketplace. Because especially the way media flows today and, and all the options that we have at our disposal to communicate, that it's even more important to communicate effectively. And I find that interesting that that's, that's one of the elements here. I mean, do you think that, you know, let's kind of examine that. Let's kind of switch gears now and looking at women as they move into, into the entrepreneurial space and those that you help. Uh, you know, you mentioned to me, and again in our prep work, that hey, listen, a lot of women aren't getting as much uh, access to VC funding and things like that. Is it part of the same problem there? And I, I read an article recently, I think it was on Huffington Post about, um, and I forget who had written it. It was a, a well-known woman entrepreneur. I forget who she was, but she said basically women just aren't asking for the funding as much as as a man would. Uh, so it's not necessarily a, a, a set of, of a quality. It's just a different approach. I mean, do you find that same kind of softer approach affecting the ability to raise capital as well? Absolutely. Um, I've got to wrap my mind around this because it's just, it's such a broad um, topic. But um, I guess I can take it back to one of my clients. Um, she's in a physician and, you know, well-educated, very accomplished, um, you know, aiming for perfection kind of person. And um, she's got a great idea and it will take off on the ground. Um, but anytime that even I have suggested, well, what about some crowdsourcing or, you know, maybe not even full VC because I don't know if it's that kind of idea, but any kind of um, external funding or investment, you know, it's like, you know, um, let's let's go down the path. Let's do our steps. Let's get here, here, and here first. And um, you know, wants to make it, you know, perfect and um, have all of the eyes dotted and T's crossed. And um, so that's a personal experience, and it definitely is. I think you see that in boardrooms. I think you see it in uh, classrooms in entrepreneurs. Um, women just that that stereotype holds true for many women not mm -hmm. all of mm -hmm. course but yeah. um yeah i think it's there um and another issue with venture capital funding and lack thereof for women is um sort of what i alluded to we do have to discuss that there aren't as many women in the sphere anyway um because especially uh vc funding you'll see more of the tech firms and more of um, engineering ideas asking for funding, getting that funding, being funded by similar people. Um, and so women just aren't in mass in those, those spheres anyway. But um, I think it does go back to when they are there, they are hesitant to ask. They want everything to be um, just so they and you don't want denied. Sure. Um, you know, nobody wants that feeling. Yeah. And I think that um, women sort of are, are hesitant and allow that to hold themselves back a, a little more than men do traditionally. Yeah. No. It's yeah. I could I could appreciate that. And I'm, I always because it always kind of frustrates me, right? I have a, a college age daughter. She's going to be a junior in college next year. And one of the things I always try to coach her on is, listen, you don't have to compete away. 
uh, your peer might compete or the way the, the men in your classroom might compete. You need to compete mm-hmm. with your natural strengths and, and tap in to that, you know, th- those things that you, you bring to the game that someone else, whether it's a, a man or, or a woman, might not. I mean, in, in the women in the Dream Vision Network, is that one of the, I'm just curious if that's one of the things you try to tap into. Is, look, let's tap into this, the natural strengths we have and not, and play by our set of rules, right? No, instead, instead of kind of entering the away team's playing field, right? Let's bring the game to our home field. I mean, again, I'm kind of being uh, a little liberal with, with the idea here. I don't want to put thoughts in, in, your, in your head or words mm-hmm. in your mouth, but I mean, what do you think about that? No, I think that's right. I think um, I do actually absolutely want to play to the strengths. I do that, you know, in my um, position as a director and I do that in my position as a coach. Each person is an individual and um, you have to play on your strengths. And in fact, as I was preparing for this conversation, I jotted down some notes and, you know, a lot of women, too, when it comes to, I'll bring it back to VC funding a little bit, um, some of them haven't been in that realm before. Um, many women uh, have new ideas and um, they're solving new problems. Uh, not not new problems. They're solving old problems with new solutions, excuse me. And um, it, it might be foreign to them on how to get that idea out there, how to um, actually produce it and market it. Um, and so you have to look at the whole person and encourage them to play up any kind of strength that they have. You know, perhaps they did something mm-hmm. amazing in a volunteer position. Perhaps mm-hmm. they did something uh, fantastic with their, even their family finances. Perhaps they, you know, solved this problem for uh, the school that their kids are, are going to attending. So um, there are so many different aspects of a person's life that play into the type of professional they are, the type of entrepreneur they are, the type of um, you know person, and uh, you really have to play that up. And the same can be said um, in the workplace. Sure. If, if you want to be a leader, um, play into your strengths. You don't want to be the same kind of leader that your boss is because yeah. – a, um, a company doesn't need two of that person. Um, a company needs, you know, a yin and a yang. Mm-hmm. People need to play off of each other. And I think um, that can be said when founding a company as well. You don't want to found it necessarily with your best friend because you get along yeah, well sure. together. Um, you need to find another individual that has strengths that you don't so that the um, the company can be strong and broad in many different areas. Yeah, that's great. Look, I, I'm glad you kind of discussed that, right, because, uh, you know, a lot of – a big part of, of my audience is, uh, you know, more corporate types that are trying to sort out how they – do diversify their workforce mm-hmm. in, a, in a genuine manner, how to inject their culture into how they kind of recruit and and develop talent. And it always gets down to what I call the MVP, which is, hey, what's the mission of the company? You know, what are our values? How, how tangibly can we define our values and identify them? Mm-hmm. And then how do these two things drive the purpose of what we're setting out to do, that, that bigger idea of what we're setting out to do? So I'm glad you kind of frame it like that because I wonder if that idea of mission, values, and purpose is, is – is important for someone that's going to go, uh, you know, whether they're looking to develop their career, and you know, you're coaching them in many areas, of course, or whether they're looking to to start a new solopreneur business or something like that. Mm-hmm. How important it is for 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 your clients to be able to identify and tap into their mission, their what their values are and their purpose. 
I think it's integral, um, especially for someone looking to start an entrepreneurial venture. Um, you have to know what your passion is, but you also have to align your passion with your um, professional and personal strengths and know what your weaknesses are. Because, um, you know, I love to garden, say, but, you know, that's a passion. I would say it's a passion of mine, but when it comes to my professional strengths, Mm, probably not something that I want to start a company mm, on sure. um, because there are many things I don't know. I didn't study horticulture. I'm not sure. starting an arboretum. Um, many things that you have to consider, right? Um, but when it comes to coaching women, well, I've always been passionate about women, women's rights, women equality, financial equality, sure. um, how to grow my daughters into strong women who can make decisions and choices on their own, how um, other women can band together and help each other and work um, for the greater good. And so taking then my marketing experience, my experience in fundraising and um, many different um, experiences that I've had, I was able to put together um, the, the Women's Dream Vision Network um, and other individuals as well. That's how you just really have to to dive in and find that passion. And when you're working, um, you know, that's why I work for a university as well. I couldn't work for any number of places just to do marketing, um, you know, and maybe marketing isn't my driving passion. Maybe that's my individual um, thing. But I love university systems. I love the learning that goes on here. I love what um, students turn into when they come to a university and then they get their degree. I enjoy the activity here. Um, and so that's why I have chosen to, to sure. make a career here. And I think each individual, that mission and that purpose and that value, as you said, you have to have that. or. Um, you're going to just flounder around yeah. and not be pleased mm. with um, the product that you're creating. And then that hinders how you um, advance, how you turn into a leader. Um, if that mission, value, and purpose is not there, um, your bosses will see that. You know, you can see when the, when the passion is missing. Yeah, you know, I read this book uh, by the guy, um, uh, his name's Tim Sanders. I actually had him on the show. And he wrote this book called Today We Are Rich. And in that book, he talks about the intersection of purpose and passion, right? Mm -hmm. And he talked about it just the way, exactly the way you did, that, hey, if you're passionate about something, that's great, but you might not be able to make a living off of what your passion right. is, right? So therefore, you know, find that intersection between where your passion lies and where there's actually some meaningful purpose. So I, I love that you're, you're approaching it from that perspective and the example you gave of your own career. Uh, but what about the Women's Dream Vision Network? I mean, can you give me some examples of, of you know, one I iconic example of, of a client's success and where they started and where they were yes. able to progress? Yeah. So I have another client who, um, she's been a stay-at-home mom and um, she has many passions. She's passionate about um, farming. She's passionate about organic uh, growing practices, um, but she's also very interested um, in design, in um, sort of clothing and accessories, um, also photography. And when we sat down to sort of unpack all of her interests, these things were coming up and you could you could start to sort of see a, 
a theme with definitely the outside, growing, organics, um, and photography. And come to find out, she had um, had a history of, in the past few years, creating a calendar just for her family, um, but the calendar had uh, images of the produce that she grew. So it was all, you know, of her own making, own design, um, and they were gifts. And, um, you know, we talked about this. What, you know, how do you think you could um, pursue this as a um, extra income source for you? And we talked about that and come to find out then, you know, a couple weeks after, uh, after that particular conversation, she did another photography job for someone else and, um, you know, actually got paid for it. And she hadn't really ever thought of that passion being able to bring in any kind of income for her. And so we're still working together to see where it can lead and how it can get uh, to a more professional place. But I was so excited because it was a passion that she hadn't yet thought about Mm. turning into a profession. Sure. You know, and I think that's just so wonderful. And I think a lot of women have that opportunity but it does take someone on the outside sometimes to help them walk through that and realize, wait a second, I guess this is very valuable. And since I love it and it's valuable, I could actually yeah. get something yeah, out actually, of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I love that example. And, and Michelle, you know, it makes me think, what about in the workplace? I mean, because look, that's great. I love that whole example because you kind of helped her identify something that was unseen, but yet right in front of her face, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a great, and I think leaders and managers, sometimes that's what we're asked to do, but more often than not, we kind of fail to do it because we, we have to manage the minutia of the day and whatever the objectives are and mm-hmm. on and on. So it's a kind of, kind of a, a, a conflict or, a, you know, because if we invested more time in the former by helping people to pull out those natural gifts of where their motivation, where their energy where their passions lie that will end up serving us you know better right so what do you think what can what can you know whether it's men or women or whoever what, what can leaders do to identify and pull out those natural gifts that align to the company's mission purpose and mm-hmm. values mm-hmm. I really think um, well what's worked best for me is to really get to know each individual um, get to know how they operate and how they think and what they actually like to do um, but it goes beyond that because then you have to consider what they think their what they think their strengths are but also what they would like to enhance and then you take that information and find where you need to fill holes in your organization and how can each person on your team how can you mesh that well enough to um, pull out their strengths, pull out where you see their strengths maybe and they haven't, and then also play up to what they would like to to enhance? Because I think it's important as a leader, as a manager, to um, help them grow and help them stay happy in their position, and but also in their next position, you know, help them grow into the next position. Um, I would never want someone to stay stagnant for so long because, um, you know, that's no good for them. And it's no good as a manager because then you 
I find that people do lose, again, that mission, value, and purpose when they've been doing the same thing for years. Um, So, and then, you know, I think you also have to treat them fairly, encourage them. I'm big on positive reinforcement and perhaps I'm bigger on that now that I'm a mother um, and read more about it uh, and the benefits of positivity. Um, And so it's, it's a mix of knowing who they are, uh, what where they want to go, and then filling um, what you need in that organization. Sure. No, look, I, I love that. I love the whole idea of uh, not just the positive reinforcement, but kind of making it a natural priority of what you're doing, how you're managing, and how you're injecting that into the everyday. So that, that's yeah. perfect. And I, you know what, Michelle, I'm going to leave it right there. But before I do, I want to give you the opportunity. Where can the audience kind of find more out about the Women's uh, Dream Vision Network? Where can they find more out about Michelle Holes-Rice? Yeah, so, well, you said it. It's um, womensdreamvisionnetwork.com, spelled exactly W-O-M-E-N-S-D-R-E-A-M-V-I-S-I-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-R-K.com. So it's a little bit of a mouthful. But, hey, for your audience, um, if they want to email me at michelle, and that's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at womensdreamvisionnetwork.com and just write Joel in the subject line. Um, I'll send them back my top 10 list on how to best be seen as a leader in your workplace or as an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm happy to ask any question, answer any questions that your audience has um, or hear about anything that really resonated with you today. That is great. Thank you so much for giving my audience that opportunity. So we have been speaking with Michelle Holes-Rice. She has an extremely broad array of Uh, interests and experience, like I said at the beginning, Uh, but mostly she is now the founder of the Women's Dream Vision Network. I would encourage you to take her up on her offer and make sure you tune into what Michelle has to say. I think you're going to learn a lot. Michelle, thanks so much for being with me today on Leading Matters. I so appreciate it. This has been so fun, and it's a topic that I think both you and I could talk about for hours, and um, I'm guessing that uh, our listeners feel the same way. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.